Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite YouTube channel and podcast, Talking Ravens All Day, Every Day, with your host, Justin P. And my MVP co-host, Ms. Shannon Fitch and Super Dave the Mailman. This is episode 89 for the YouTube channel and for the audio version of season one, episode 46. Uh, y'all could check uh, check out the audio versions right there in the description. All the um, listed platforms are right there. And, and and right below that, there's me, Dave, and Shannon's social media platforms as well. You can follow us as well. So, you know, you know, for those who can't watch the live, you can always, you know, subscribe to the show, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you got. Uh, Dave, we're doing a preview of the Week 9 game versus the Seahawks. This, this will probably be Fox game in the week. Uh, you got a five and two team, and uh, six and two, uh, six and two team, and a five and two team. We play each other with the Seahawks. They have an early bye week, uh, so you know it's going to be an interesting matchup. So you know we always go first with the coaching. Let me highlight that. So we're going to start with Dave as always. So Dave, the floor is yours. No doubt, man. Listen, man, Baltimore, we in the building. But look, I'm going to call this one even, man, because Pete Carroll overall has done a great job since leaving USC and taking over in Seattle in 2010. He won a Super Bowl in 2013 against Denver, and he lost one on the worst play ever in 2014. But the Seahawks, they're always contenders. You know, he has a 133 and 83 and one record during his whole tenure. But in my opinion, the Ravens, they're kind of the Ravens of the NFC. They're flying under the radar. <laughs> no one's really talking about them. Everybody's talking about Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas. But Seattle, Seattle's coming. You know, they're sitting at the top of the NFC West right now, ahead of San Francisco. Shane Waldron has done a great job as offensive coordinator. He's really tur- helped turn Geno Smith's career around. And Clint Hurt, he's an underrated defensive coordinator. Seattle has the fourth best defense since week four. So they're really looking good. But the Raven coaches, they've been great. Come on now. Hardball, he's having one of his best seasons. Todd Munkin has the offense jamming. He's been coming up, he's been great with coming up these with game plans. He mixed it up great last week, you know, with the run and the pass. You know, we did more running than passing last week because Arizona didn't have a good run defense. And Mike McDonald, what can I say? The defense has been top-notch. Number one defense. I mean, let's go. Come on now. I'm going to call this one even overall. Ready for me to go? Okay. So, uh, Dave, go over the tag. Go ahead, Shannon. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I I see Dave's point about it being um, pretty much even. Um, even with you looking at the history of Pete Curl and things like that, it's just interesting to me that John Harbaugh doesn't get that same regard. I mean, I guess if you want to say because Pete, Pete has been to two Super Bowls and John Harbaugh has been to one, but – John Harbaugh's things are always in the thick of things. I mean, even with injuries, even when you think that they're out of it, they're never out of it. Um, the guys always play hard for him. Um, and when I look at this year, and I look at um, all the adversity that we face starting in training camp, you know, even up until now, like all of the injuries, guys in and out the lineup, 
I mean, the Ravens are still six and two right now. A lot of teams won't be able to do that. And when you look at the teams that we've played and the teams that we've beat in comparison to the teams that the Seahawks have played and who they've beat, now I'm not one to diminish opponents, like to say, well, they didn't play anybody. I don't want to say that. But if we're going to compare resumes and compare coaches and who has done what and just looking at everything and, and, and it's at all, I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens. I mean, like I said, we've had guys in and out of the lineup offensively and defensively and still have one of the best defenses in the league. The offense still has done enough in most games um, to win. I mean, even the two losses that we've had, I think we all can agree we probably would have won those if it wasn't for self-inflicted mistakes. Um, but I love Pete Curl. I think he's a, a great coach. He's one of the better coaches in the league. Um, I can understand I'm being pretty much even, but just based on how things have went this year and what we've dealt with in comparison to what they've dealt with, I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens um, this week. All right, head coaching versus head coach is definitely a tie. Like I said, Pete Carroll, Harbaugh, basically got the same resume for the most part. Just Pete Carroll went back, you know, just has another Super Bowl appearance. Uh, what gives us the edge is the coordinators, uh, Mike McDonald and Todd Munkin, uh, two proving guys. Uh, the Seahawks offers a court, defensive coordinator. I didn't even know who they were until Dave said it. Like, you know, so that shows you how much <laughs> that shows how much we literally know about those guys. So. Overall, the edge goes to us because, like I said, I'm factoring the, the coordinators into this. So definitely the Ravens by a slight margin. All right, now it gets funky, the quarterback position. Geno Smith and Lamar Jackson. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, man, you all know it's the Ravens. Wait, hold you hear that? That's MVP chance for Lamar Jackson, man. Action Jackson. He is looking better than he did in his MVP year, in my opinion. He's just getting it done. I mean, look, here's a fun stat for you. 17-1 and one against the NFC. He's dominating them. He had another efficient game last week. 18 for 27, 157 yards and a touchdown. He just did what he needed to do. You know, he has 1,767 yards, nine touchdowns on the season, 70% passing. So he is doing what he needs to do. But Geno Smith, he's been decent this year, but he's take, I think he's taking a step back. He has nine touchdowns and six interceptions. He's thrown for 1,645 yards, but it's the turnovers, man. But he's been solid when he's needed to do. He makes the throws when he needs to. Like I said, you know, Seattle, they're playing good ball. But this is Lamar Jackson, man. He's 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 killing it. Um, well said, Dave. Go ahead, Shannon. Um, I agree with Dave. Um, and I like Gino. He's a great redemption story. Um, particularly, you know how we know everything he's went through. Um, to to be a starter, to then be a backup, to then come back and be be another starter again. Um, I agree that this season he doesn't look as um good as he's looked like last year in comparison to last year. Um, but when you talk about him and Lamar, I don't really think there's any competition. I mean, we talk about Lamar being a top five quarterback, possibly the MVP for this season. I don't think that Gino um, is in those conversations this season. Um, but again, he's not a bad quarterback. He can definitely, you know, make the throws and, and, and get it, move the ball down the field. I'm not taking nothing away from him. But if you're asking me to compare him and Lamar, 
I'm I'm giving it to Lamar, and it's not even an edge. Lamar is a better quarterback than Geno. Yeah, I'm not gonna be too long with this. It's eight, man. Like I said, eight. Geno definitely, like you said, it, it was a good. Uh, he should have probably got comeback player of the year. It was, it was a good comeback story. Like I said, they had been shipped out of New York, both New York teams, Giants and Jets. You know what I mean? He came, uh, you know, lit it up last year. Then everybody felt like the Seahawks would be left for dead once Russell Wilson got traded. But Geno stayed afloat, you know, made it happen. But it's eight, man. Lamar is on another MVP campaign right now. He is him and Tua, Hurts. And my homes, you know, those are the four guys right now. But Lamar's definitely in that conversation and winning his second MVP. So it's Lamar hanging by landslide. So Ravens get this one as well. All right, now this one going to get a little interesting. We're going to go running back. Squid, Dave. Man, I hate to say it, but I got to give it to Seattle. Kenneth Walker has been one of Seattle's best players, in my opinion. He's the real main key to their success. I mean, it's seven games, 516 yards and six touchdowns. So he's really carried Seattle. And Zach Charbonnet is a very good backup. He's averaging 5.6 a carry himself. But back to Kenneth Walker, he has 60 yards and six out of seven games. And he's seventh in the league in rushing. But it's not by much because Gus Edwards is really picking up steam, man. He's really emerged over these last two weeks. He's finally really getting a chance to carry the load and be the guy. And you can really see the confidence now. You know what I'm saying? They're giving him the ball on the goal line, which they should have been doing. Because he, 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 should, he should have more than five touchdowns, in my opinion. He could be leading the league in touchdowns if he had the opportunity. He's had, he had 426 yards, which is 15th in the league, which that's pretty good. And his best game of the year last week, like I said, 80 yards and three touchdowns. So, Gus, the bus is coming. But I'm going to give it the edge to Seattle by a little bit. Okay. Well said. Go ahead, Shannon. Um, I, too, give that to Seattle. Um, Their run <coughs> game has been the best part of their offense all season. Um, With the Ravens, we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. It's been more or less like running back by committee. Um, but I do think, like what you said, Dave, last week it was shown that we can ride Gus. Like, Gus could be that guy. We don't we don't have to do the running back by committee thing. Um, we could, you know, go go full, full throttle with Gus. And I feel like if we do that for the rest of the year, um, we'll have a different outcome as far as the run game is concerned. Um, but just comparing the two teams, I definitely give that to Seattle. Yeah, it, it's for me. It's the Seahawks. So, you know, Kenneth Walker by himself outrushed all our running backs last year. It's just like it's not close. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Gus is definitely you know showing that he could be that lead back. But definitely Kenneth Walker, man, he had six eight hundred yards last year. Like you said, Zach Carbonet, they still got uh, Kenny McIntosh, DJ Daniel, and DJ um, DJ Dallas, Miami Hurricane guy. Uh, yeah, Gus and, and Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell, they're doing okay, but it's definitely the Seahawks got this one, you know, by, by a nice mm-hmm. little margin, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, get interesting again right here. All right, wide receivers and tight ends. So, go ahead, Dave. Floor's yours. I'm still going to go with Baltimore on this one. I'm going to tell you why. This one is close, but I'm going to give us the edge because when it comes down to it, Mark Andrews 
is showing why he's an all pro. Six touchdowns to lead all tight ends. And Zay Flowers is really continuing his rookie, a great rookie season. Beckham and Bateman, they've made plays when the number's been called. You know, but of course for Seattle, they have a top receiving duo, but they're a little inconsistent, in my opinion. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're good. Jackson Smith and Jigma, he's a good rookie. But once again, that went up and down. When when it comes to the, you know, third, fourth quarter and the game when you really need them to make plays, they haven't really made the plays. But so like I said, I'm gonna give it to the Ravens, but there's a lots of talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, well said. Go ahead, Shannon. Dave took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Seattle's wide receiver core. Um, even you throw their tight ends in there. You know, they, they have the names, right? Um, even Pete Carroll said this week that um, he thinks about what their offense could be if they drafted Zay Flowers instead of the rookie they drafted two picks before him. Not that they don't like their guy, but they just they could see what we have in Zay. And when you look at the Ravens, Damn. you know, Damn, when Pete. you when, – he did. I mean, he said that. No, he, he said that. I, I was just I was looking at that earlier. But when you look at the Ravens' core as a whole, JSN just scored. He just scored the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say anything. He said he liked his guy. He just no. said he can't. He can't help but think yeah. about how it would be if they had Zay. So that's with all of that being right, said, right, it makes right, me right. feel like okay, like the Ravens have something. Like I said, we we were high on our own wide receiver core, and then we dealt with some injuries and guys were in out the lineup. Since, since we played the Steelers, guys have been back. We've seen what the offense can be with them. Um, Mark Andrews is what sets everybody, um, sets them apart to me. I mean, we call him Andrews. He's one of the better tight ends, probably, probably the best. He'll be one, two, three, however you want to put him. But he's in that conversation. I was also looking, in, looking into some things about the Seattle Seahawks, and they were talking about um, their red zone woes that they've had this season. That's something that we're familiar with as well. Um, and DK Metcalf, they said um, they were just talking about him just coming back last week, um, having a pretty good game last week um, against the Browns. Um, but overall, I do think I respect, you know, who they have out there, but I'm giving it to the Ravens, and it's because of Mark Andrews. Uh, we're going to disagree right here. I got to go with Seattle. For the simple fact, DK and Tyler Metlockett, thousand-yard receivers. A thousand yard receivers like that's hard. That, that's we we don't have that as of right now. Yes, Mark Andrews is amazing. Is amazing. Well, that's why it's not as bad. Right do they got? Do they got thousand yards? No, nah, right the season's now? not. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the last couple of years, DK and Tyler Lockett. You know what you're getting off them too. Us is still waiting to be seen. So in uh, that, and then Dwayne Eskridge, and then J- uh, JSN. And Noah Fat, not a bad tight end. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks by a slight margin. All right, all right. Next one right here, offensive line. Go ahead, there. Go ahead, Dave. I'm gonna give it to the Ravens on this one. Baltimore really offensive line put on a clinic last week. In my opinion, we have a top three offensive line in the league. Lamar's been sitting back comfortably. Gus. Justice Hill, when he's in the game, they've been running through big holes everywhere. I think Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, and Zyler have Pro Bowl potential this year. They're really elite this season. Seattle's offensive line, they've also been good. 
They're one of the better run blocking teams as well. You know, like I said, we just talked about Kenneth Walker. And Charles Cross, he's he's at the elite left tackle. So I'm going to give it to us by a little bit. But Seattle's up there. Go ahead, Shannon. I'm going to give it to the Ravens. Um, just off the fact that Seattle, from what I saw, they, they're, they've been dealing with injuries like we dealt with injuries as well on the offensive line. And they're just now starting to get it figured out over the past couple of weeks. Um, the Ravens have shown how great they can be. Um, but not only the offensive line, we're looking for consistency from the whole offense. Um, but it's not like it's a big margin of who I'm – like I'm saying the Ravens are so much better than the Seahawks offensive line. But I'm just going to give it to them um, this go-round. Yeah, definitely the Ravens. Uh, like I said, you got, uh, you got the kid Abraham Luke, uh, Lucas, uh, um, Charles Cross, like you said, uh, Ethan Ponick. But, you know, it's still a lot of holes that us, you know, we got more main staple guys. Ronnie Stanley, our left tackle, now that he's healthy. You know, you got Linda Ball, a center. Kevin Zaylo, now who's now has officially beaten all 32 teams. Congratulations. Uh, Morgan Moses, that you know, that steady, you know, dependable right tackle. And then you got Fali Hay and Patrick McCoy, all those guys that can fill in. And, and, and Ben Cleveland, whenever he's called upon. So, in that particular reason, I'm giving it to the Ravens. All right. Uh, go with an interior defensive line. Go ahead, Dave. All right, with the big boys in the middle on that D-line, I'm actually going to have to call this one even right here. Baltimore, we have one of the best defensive lines in the business, but Seattle does also as well because they can really stop that run. But Baltimore, you know, we're leading the league in sacks. Michael Pierce was one of the best players on the field last week. He was all over the place hitting everybody, mad at BK, Clowny, once again, I'm going to keep saying it every week. We need to extend him, give him a multi-year contract because we cannot let him go. And Brodick Washington, he's also playing at a high level. But Seattle's a top five D-line as well. They really pushed the chips in, and they added to it. They picked up Leonard Williams from the Giants. I mean, wow. You put him with Draymond Jones and Jaron Reed. It was a beast at nose tackle. I mean, wow. So this is really going to be, in my opinion, where the game is won. Whose D-line is going to dominate more? But I'm going to call this one even. Go ahead, Shannon. I think Dave um, been looking at my notes because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, I think that, I mean, the Ravens defensive line, they've been impressive. You know, we talked about what would need to be done with the defense up front in order for each other level to have success. And the defense have been the best part of this team um, all season. And then for the, for the Seahawks to make the trade they made um, to, get the, to get the guy from the Giants, it's like, okay, like they say, the rich keep getting richer. That's what that was for me. Um, but I, I'm calling it even because it's like, uh, like, I want to say the Ravens because I, I, the reason why I want to say the Ravens is because of the sex. Like, we thought our pass rush was going to be a big issue this season, but it's like the best part of our defense. Um, but because they're so evenly matched, I don't want to say that. I mean, Seattle's really good up front. 
So I'm just gonna call it a wash, pretty even for me. I'm gonna go even as well, because like I said, them getting Leonard Williams was big. Leonard Williams is an all pro, all pro ta- all pro talent. So now, like you mm-hmm. see, put him beside Jeremy and like, yeah, that and, 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 and Jamal Jones. Yeah, that's 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 definitely gonna be hard for teams to deal with. And us, you know, Meta PK has been playing well. Uh, he's on pace to probably get 10 sacks from interior D lineman, which is amazing in a 3 4 scheme. Michael Perry's ball, though, hopefully he keeps it rolling. Uh, Broderick playing good, you know, he got he got you know, he got a nice little bag this all season. And Travis Jones, you know, he playing much better ball and he's playing smart, he's not getting those dumb rough in the passing penalties. And then you still got over reliable Brett Urban who coming in and get down and dirty. But I'm gonna go with Charles Well and make it a and, and go with a tie. All right, linebackers right here and edge rushes since both teams play a three four. Go ahead, Dave. I'm going to give it to the Ravens just by a little bit. This one is pretty close also. But the Ravens, you know how many times do I have to say it? Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, best linebacker duo in the game right now. Kyle Van Noy, absolute steal. Like Jadavion Clowney, signed this man to a multi-year contract. He has done nothing but play great ball since he's been here. On the Seattle side, of course, you have future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. He's he's he hasn't lost a step because he is just he, he he's still killing it, man. And they have some other great players. Jordan Brooks, he's a star in the making. Boyer, Mayer, I don't know how I say his name. Daryl Taylor, they're good Boyer, playmaking. Boyer, yeah, Boyer Murphy, Mafe, yeah, yeah, I, I, I always screw his name up, but um, him, Daryl Taylor, good play making outside linebackers. So I'm gonna give it to the Ravens just by this much. Well say, go ahead, Shannon. I agree. I mean, Seattle has a great linebacking core as well as like we do. I think I think the teams are pretty evenly matched when you try to you know go matchup by matchup. Um, I don't have anything negative to say about Seattle. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens because our middle linebacker duo, to me, puts us, puts us above a lot of teams. And then when you look at, um, you know, what the outside linebackers have been able to do, even with us having guys out, like, we couldn't ask for anything better than that. Um, and to know that Roquan, Roquan even gave Bobby Wagner um, some props and was saying that he used to go to him for advice about things that he can do. So it's going to kind of be like teaching a student this week, and we're going to see those guys, you know, do their thing. Um, but I'm definitely going to give it to the Ravens just based on who we have in the middle up top anyway. That just sets you above a lot of teams. Row, row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Yeah, it's definitely us. Like you said, Patrick Queen and uh, Roquan Smith, those two guys in the middle. Uh, Calvin Noy has been a good addition. He's been playing good ball. Uh, Clown, he's been doing good, but him and Owe both got to just finish the sacks. That's the only issue I have with them, too. Uh, we'll get a job back at some point. So the same with Tyus Bowser. And hopefully, you know, we can see Malik Ham down the road, too. And also, Malik Harrison has been playing good outside linebacker as well. And for Seattle, like you said, uh, they got Devin Bush, they got uh, Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, uh, DeRoe Taylor, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 Chino Awusu, I think I said his first name wrong, and then Boy yep, Mafia, you know, all those guys come off the edge, but definitely, like you said, 
yeah, the, the two middle linebacks we got, man, just set us up, set us up for anybody. So I'm going with the Ravens by a slight edge. <clears throat> all right. So this one got put together all at once. Sorry about that, but we'll still break it down. All right, so we'll go with the secondary. <clears throat> go ahead, Dave. Uh, yeah, secondary. Ravens, once again, not by much, man. Both secondaries match up well. But the Ravens, like I said, we have the number one defense for a reason. Playmakers everywhere. Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens, man, they've been close to lockdown corners playing great ball, matching up against everybody and doing well against them. Then we only have given up six touchdown passes in the air the whole season. That's impressive. Kyle Hamilton and pick one, man. Geno Stone, Marcus Williams, both been fantastic. Don't matter who's in there. Stone leads the league in interceptions, and he started off as a backup, man. So we, like I said, top safeties. But Seattle secondary, they're legit too now. Devon Witherspoon, number five overall pick in the 2023 draft, is a star in the making. This kid can play. Tariq Woolen on the other side, talented corners, but they are young. They make plays, but they give up plays as well. You know, like I said, I've seen them get got on quite a few double moves. Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, they're a great safety duo as well. Adams is about tough as they come. I mean, big hitter. Quandre Diggs, he's a ball hawk, man. So, you know, I'm going to give it to us by a little bit. But, it's once again, pretty close. Well said, Dave. Go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, I agree. Um, Seattle has a, a pretty good um, cornerback duo. They're young, like you said. So, they're gonna. it's going to be some good in bed with that learning. Um, you know, they're still learning. But when I look at the Ravens, um, I think the secondary has been like the, the best part of our whole team. Like when you break down each one, I mean, they've also um, dealt with a lot of injuries, guys, in and out. And it doesn't seem like it matters. Um, and not only are they preventing touchdowns, they're, get, they're creating turnovers. Um, losing Marcus Williams, I mean, we looked at him to be that guy for us. And we were thinking, like, what's going to happen if he's out? That doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, so I, I give the Ravens um, the edge over the, over the Seahawks. But the Seahawks definitely have a pretty good, almost great, could be great secondary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really close. It's really close. Like you said, you got, uh, you got Tariq Warner. You got, it's Devin Witherspoon, uh, uh, Davis. I know he's, it's, it's spelled with an O, but it's Devin. He made, he said that a thousand times when he got drafted. So Devin Witherspoon, Kobe Bryant, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Junior, you play from the University of Miami. You know, uh, um, Jamal Adams, uh, um, Quadri Diggs, Julian Love. Yeah, they got a pretty solid back here. Like I said, we got Marlowe back. You know, Brandon Stevens playing good ball. Still got Rockerson. Uh, you know, uh, Cal Hamilton, Marcus Williams. He's play, he's practicing. And Geno Stone been balling, man. Okay, we got lead the league in picks, man. So, you know, I'm going to go with us by slight margin because we've been getting more turnovers. But it's definitely pretty, pretty close. All right, I ain't even gonna go with special teams because that's gonna be a landslide, so ain't no need for that. All right, all right, let's get into this other topic. Are you surprised that EDC didn't make any trades at the deadline? Go ahead, Dave. I'm not surprised at all because I, I don't think we need anything. Once again, when we're all healthy, we're good. 
we're, we're solid all over the we you know we don't need anything we, we are no quarterback we got plenty running backs like i said keaton mitchell i think he's talented he can't even get on the field right now receivers were super deep we got four five good ones devin duvernay another one he can't even get on the field and he can play defense is the number one defense in the league we're deep there i mean look like I said, we, we've been playing most of the season without Adafi Owe, and we're still number one. We, we lead with the sacks. We're making plays all over the field. So I don't, I don't think we needed anything. So I'm good with that. I'm glad we didn't we didn't make any trades. Keep all our draft picks and, and just keep this train rolling. Gotcha. Well said, Dave. Question. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, we talked about this last week. Like, you know, I never want um, I never want anything that I report a reach for a person. And I don't feel like the Ravens had that many holes where we needed to go out and get someone. Like, I, like last year, it was a it was a need. We needed Roquan. We went out there and got Marcus Peters. We needed Marcus Peters. I don't feel like this season it was a situation like that. Now, if you could have got one of the running backs or um, you know, Devonte Adams, something like that, cool. But at what cost? You know what I mean? So it's like, am I mad that anything goes surprised that nothing happened? No, because I don't feel like we had a, a bunch of needs anyway. And I feel like it, 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 as, long, as long as guys are getting healthy and we can, you know, get them on the field and get that chemistry going, we'll be perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't see – I didn't really see a need for a trade anyway at that point, really. Uh, well said, Shannon. Uh, me – no, not really. Like you said, it wasn't a whole bunch of holes that we needed to get filled. Uh, could we got Chase Young? Could we got Montez Sweat? Yeah, but when you got your quarterback on a max contract, all draft picks count, mm-hmm. even the seventh round picks. So yeah, you got to keep all your draft capital because it's gonna be hard for you to get guys. Like you'll still be the signing guy here too because you know the flexibility and all that. But the sign like they're going to splash. It's gonna be kind of hard to do that when your quarterback's making a lot of money, and rightfully so, they want the they're mm-hmm. the most important player on the team. So you gotta rebuild, you gotta get players through the draft. So EDC knows that. So you know you six and two, like you say, you're one or two plays away from being eight and zero. So it was like you didn't really need to go out and make no splash. And like you're splash, four and right? four, or three and five. You're like all right, you know this this player two will get us on the right path. You know you already got a good record. You're first place in the AFC. AFC North, and you, you know you're you're top of the AFC conference period. So, with a chance to have you know host the playoffs throughout, if you know continue to win. <clears throat> so no, I'm not surprised. It wasn't really no need. Honestly, it would have been nice. It'd have been a luxury, basically, versus a necessity. Mm-hmm. All right, the other topic. So was y'all got put together. Sorry about that. All right, Marlon Humphrey versus DK Metcalf. Give me your thoughts on this particular matchup. What we got to do to slow down DK Metcalf? Go ahead, Dave. Real quick, before I touch into that, man, I totally agree with you on draft picks, man. I look at Geno Stone. He was a seventh-round pick, so I agree with you, man. All draft picks count. You're totally right, man. But like I said, I got Marlon Humphrey locking him up, man. Listen, he about to put the seatbelt on him. DK Metcalf, you got your hands full this week, bro. And like I said, you know, well. All our corners are playing well. Like I said, Brandon Stevens, he's matched up well. He's held his own. But I think Marlon Stevens going to lock Metcalf up. No, sir. Go ahead, Shannon. 
this should be interesting. Um, it's interesting because Seattle they like to they like to utilize a lot of their wide receivers on the outside, um, and that means that our, our outside cornerbacks are going to be getting a lot of work. And it's going to be a test for um, Marlon Humphrey. You know, I don't think that he's been tested that much since probably when he came back against the Steelers and he went up against Pickens. Um, do I think he's going to shut Metcalf down? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess it just depends on what do you what do you call shutting down? You know, Metcalf had like 67 yards, I think, last right. game I saw. That's not really um, – that's not a bad game to have, and it's not – he, and, and it's not like shutting him down totally. So could I still see Metcalf doing something like that? Like, I think he had like double-digit receptions. I don't think he's going to have double-digit digit receptions on Mullen. And I think that if um, Geno, you know, proceeds to try to target him, it's just going to leave more opportunity for, for turnovers um, by our safeties or even Mullen if he can get it. Um, but I, I think it should be interesting. Like, it's hard to say who's going to get the better of each other because I think it's going to be like on shop and on. Like, they're going to be out there getting at it. Um, tough to say. Like, I, I, I think it'll be a good test for Mullen Humphrey. I'll say that. I think it'll be a good test to see where he is health-wise and what he can do. Um, I don't think he's going to get beat because I think we have a great team around him. But it's like it's going to be it's going to be a, it, could, it could be a long Sunday. Uh, for our cornerbacks. Well said, Shannon. Um, me, I don't know. We, I think Marlon will hold him under 100 yards for sure. I'm going to just say that. <clears throat> the last time we played him in 2019, remember when Marcus Peters first game, when he got the pick six, DK Metcalf mm-hmm. only had 50 yards. So and that was when Russell Wilson thawing to him. Russell Wilson was playing MVP football that year. So and that was on the road, and now we're home with the crowd. I think Monica hold him until hundred. I think DK will get a couple of catches, but it won't be nothing crazy. So you know, it's definitely going to be a hell of a matchup. But I think Monica can keep him under wraps for the most part. All right, let's go. Three keys to victory. Go ahead, Dave. All right, three keys to victory right here. Stop the run. You got to stuff Kenneth Walker. He's the key to the offense and make Geno Smith beat you. So that's number one. Number two, receivers, you got to make plays because we already know that front seven is tough. Lamar is going to throw the ball to so receivers. You just got to make plays. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Number three, protect Lamar from this front seven. Lamar, you got, you know, Lamar, he's going to throw the ball this game, definitely. Because Seattle's a well-coached team. So that's my three keys. Well said, Dave. Go ahead, Shannon. Um, Dave had one of my keys, which what I had was um, make them one-dimensional offensively. Um, we know their run game is the best part of their offense. If we can stop the run and limit it like it's you know not productive at all, then you're forcing them to have to pass, and it kind of plays into our hands um, defensively and what we can do best, and, and we can make plays defensively. Um, also, establish the run. Um, we saw what happened last week when you actually put the ball in Gus' hands. Let's not wait until, you know, late third quarter, fourth quarter to start doing that. Let's start doing that early so that we can, you know, we can start. If you want to dominate, like I always say, the run game is going to open up the passing game. I don't, I'm not saying the passing game can't open up the run game, but I just feel like, if you establish the run, it just opens everything up, you know, in the passing game, and that'll make everything else flow better. So 
go in trying to run the ball, like establish that, that we, we can do this. We can do this with Gus Edwards. And lastly, I need Lamar to be Lamar. Um, last week, he was holding the ball a little bit too long for me. I mean, we talked about that yesterday, Justin. You know, get rid of the ball. And if it's there, run. You know, the, what makes Lamar special, and I, I get it. We all think and believe Lamar can pass the ball. We all want him to be this passing quarterback, and that's great. I do too. But I also feel like the best part of Lamar is the fact of, it's like his athletic ability. Don't take that away because then you are making – you're allowing the other team to make us one-dimensional. And Lamar running the ball and being a part of that run game is what makes it go. And that's what makes Lamar special. So, Lamar, be Lamar. Don't be hesitant. If you see an opening to run, run. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're probably faster than a lot of guys out there. Make them pay. You know what I mean? Like, just just do you. Don't don't try to be too cute. You know what I mean? That's, that's my whole thing with the offense. We need some consistency, and I think it'll start getting there if we run the ball more. And that goes with the running backs and Lamar. People might not want him to run, but that's part of what he does really well. Well said, shit. Um, I'm gonna touch on what you said before I get to my key. <clears throat> run, run as in run as a luxury, not as a necessity. That's my thing with him. Do it only every now and then, because you know he, him, he can sit back and dissect your part. Like the like against Detroit, he took a lot of big shots, but he. It was a lot of big completions. Sometimes you're gonna to have to sit back and wait a second or two for certain routes to develop versus as soon as you see one guy come free, you want to take off because you can. Sometimes you gotta sit back there and take that chop in the mouth like Shannon Sharp saying deliver the ball. But um <clears throat> number one, protect the football. It means no drops, no fumbles, no interceptions. Two, get takeaways on defense. Get your offense a short field. Three, score touchdowns in the red zone. Like I said, you know, only time I really want Justin Tucker's on the field kicking extra points, but I know you're going to kick field goals at times. But score more touchdowns than field goals. So those are my three keys right there. I was getting some over and under stat lines. <clears throat> First one, I'm going to set the ball low because of the performance here last week. Lamar Jackson over under 150 yards passing. Go ahead, Dave. Definitely over because, like I said, I think Lamar is going to throw the ball more this game because, you know, Seattle's pretty good up front, you know, really top D-line. I think Lamar's going to be around 230 passing this week. I like it. Go ahead, Shannon. You said 150, right? Mm-hmm. Over, I think Lamar can pass for over 150 yards. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I call it being cute. I don't want us to go up there and try to be too cute and think we got to pass the ball all around the field. Um, but he definitely can get over 150. So give me a number. Maybe like two, two, two ten. Okay, well, that's good. Definitely over for me because last week it was just a lot going on. <clears throat> I think he definitely going to have that chip on his shoulder, you know, because he's, he's his worst critic. So, you know, he's always on. Even when he does stuff good, he always felt like he could have done it better. So no matter what any analysts say or whatever, he, the Mars on himself all the time. That's why everybody loves him because he never gets too big-headed. I think he'll go for 275, me personally, close to 300 because, like I said, he's going to get the ball out quick. 
and you will see more sense of urgency. They know even though we won last week, it was a lackluster performance compared to what they did to the Lions. So I'm going to go 275 yards for Lamar. All right, Gus Edwards. Let's go here, 80 yards. I'm going to go 80 yards. Over and under 80 yards rushing. Go ahead, Dave. I think it's going to be a little bit under because, you know, like you know, I keep saying, Seattle has a tough defensive line. I think Gus will be around 55, 60 this week. Okay, go ahead, Shannon. Um, I'll say under. Um, maybe about between seventy. What, what was the number again? You said you said eighty. Eighty. I, I think about 80, 70, 80, 75. Yeah. 70, 75. All right, I'm gonna go over under. I'm gonna go with sixty-five yards rush. I think Justice Hill get a little bit more yards this week. All right, let's go with Sean Bateman over or under 25 yards receiver. <clears throat> Wait, Dave. Uh, I, I think I think under. I think it'll be be around 20. He hasn't really been getting involved. He gets about two, three catches a, a game. So I think about 20, just a little bit under. Wait, Shannon. This is this is it's tough to say. Cause when you ask a question like that, it makes me think about like parlays and like you know these guys, you'll pick twenty-five thinking, oh, they can get twenty-five yards and then they don't get twenty-five yards. So um I'll I'll say this. From what from what I'll say, I'll say I'll say he can get twenty-five yards. I don't think it's gonna be over. I, I think he can get I'll say he can get twenty-five yards. The reason why I'm gonna say that is because it seems like Everybody wants to get him more involved. Um, he even seems to be a little bit more confident. Um, I think that he'll probably get a little bit more targets this week. Um, just based on that that grown man play he made last week, um, a lot of people owe him apology just just based on things they said about him. Um, but I'll say I would just say he'll no. be at twenty five no. yards. No. Okay. No but, but nobody owes him an apology. One play don't don't. Well, nobody. Let me tell you what. Before I get my number, nobody owes him an apology. That's one play. You make one play, and then everybody supposed to just now throw the cape down for you. No, you're a first round <laughs> receiver. You supposed to be doing what Devontae. You supposed to be doing what Devontae Smith is doing right now, and Jamar Chase. You was the same class as those guys. You supposed to be doing some similar things to what they're doing. Being the one that's leading the passing game, not a, not barely getting numbers that a six receiver get. But anyway. Let me just say this real quick. Me saying people owe him an apology, I'm not like literally like yeah. I'm, I, the, only reason, the only reason why I say that is because some people have been really hard on him. And to know the things he's been dealing with personally, like that's why I fell back on the things that I've said about him because he was dealing with some real stuff personally. Right. And right. I think everybody in real life, and when you're dealing with real life stuff, it can affect your work too. So there are no football players are no different. So I'm saying sure. that He's good. He's more comfortable now. He's coming back from injury. He's getting more involved. And that play that he made last week, that was a grown man play. I'm saying that shows you that he can be that guy. Now go be that guy. We said before we should target him more. Target him more. Stop trying to force feed Odell. We picked him in the first round for a reason. So me saying apologize, not not no, not literally. You don't need to apologize to him. But I think that you know with everything right. he's gone through, injury wise and in his personal life. He's coming along well, and I just feel like we need to get him more involved in the offense as well. 
I think both y'all have good sure. points. I I totally yeah, agree. I get it. You know, I totally agree with you. Like I said, Justin, you're a first round receiver. You should be putting up way better numbers and playing better than what you are. And I agree with you also, Shannon. You know, like I said, you if you have problems going off, yeah, it, it can affect you. But you we should. Really just this, 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 was, this was 2021. 2021. You was drafted. I think you should be a look a lot farther along than what you are now. You, right now, you're just like a, you know, a possession receiver. So I agree with you know both of y'all. So. Yeah, Shannon, and it was my last thing to make it finish this stat line. And, and Toy Smith, brother, passed away the day before. He went out and had a great game. Ed Reed, same thing. So, I mean, you got to, you know, yeah, get we, it. He's and we not just saw a, li- a, Lions just player, a, a Lions player just walked away from football. So everybody is not the same. Some guys can revel in negativity, and some people got to step away. You talking about, you talking about Marvin, you talking Marvin, you talking Marvin Jones? Whoever it was, he just been in the league for a thousand years, but it was it was Marvin it was Marvin Jones. I'm telling you. But but the thing but the thing about the thing about Bateman is we can't act like he hasn't been hurt. He has been hurt. He's been hurt since he's been here. That's that's what we've been complaining about. So I mean, it ain't it ain't about. I ain't never think he wasn't a Doug. I never thought he couldn't do it. It's just get out here and do it. Like you're not on the field. Right. I agree. Anyway, anyway, let's put up a shut. Let's put up a shut up time for him this year. He's not coming back at this fourth year. All right, uh, Mark Andrews, let's go 60 yards over under. I think definitely over Mark Andrews. You gotta we need we, we need you every week. You gotta you gotta do something for us. So I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 90 yards. I can see that. Where Shannon? Um, I'll say over 85. Okay, I'm gonna go over as well. I'm gonna go 75, just to play it safe. But you know, I think he's definitely going to have more, more than more than 60. All right, one more offense, and more defense. Zay Flowers over under 35 yards receiver. Definitely okay. over. Zay, I need I need another big game out of you. 75 for, for Zay this week, and a touchdown. That'd be nice. Go ahead, Shannon. I'm going to say over. I think he's going to want to make up for last week. He was kind of, you know, he really wasn't much wasn't much to say about him last week. He didn't do too much. Um, I'll say over. I'll say about um, – I'll say 75. That would be nice. Uh, I'm going to say over because he has no choice. He played like dog shit last week. I got to be completely honest. Uh, and, 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 and granted, he's been playing good all, <clears throat> all year long, so he was going to have a, a rookie wall game. Which, that was just crazy. Yeah, I put him down for over 50 yards. This motherfucker had 19, so he has no choice but that over. So I'm going to go 55 yards receiving for Zay Flowers. Yeah, because that was, that was horrible, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Now, defense total. Blue team sacks. Let's go six uh, over under. Great, Dave. I'm gonna say just a little bit under. I think I think we'll probably get four this week. 
I think it'll be a lot of a lot of hits because Geno Smith he gets he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. So I'm gonna just say four this week for us, a little bit under. Okay, go ahead, Shannon. I was gonna say the same thing, under and four. Um, like I said, I have a lot of respect for what Seattle does up front and what they can do. What Geno Smith can do, like you said, Dave, he gets the ball out fast. Um, so that will that can limit sex. So I'll say four, but I still think they'll get there and can make things, you know, a little ugly for him. Uncomfortable, more or less. I'm gonna go a little bit under. Gotcha. I'm gonna go a little bit under and go five. Uh, all right, Patrick Creed and Rope Cross Smith. Uh total team tackles 20 over under. I'm going to say over because, like I said, Seattle's definitely going to run the ball more. So I'm going to say over. I'm going to give them about 27. I think Roquan has a big game, 15, and Queen will probably get 12. Okay, that'd be nice. Go ahead, Shadow. I was going to say over and say 22. Um, I think Roquan can get – I think Roquan okay. will probably get 10. I, I, I think he'll get about 10, and I think Patrick Queen can get about 12 because um, I don't think they're going to really want to run towards um, um, Roquan, but I think he's going to be in on a lot anyway. And I, I do expect them to try to run the ball a lot. So I think our middle linebackers are going to have some work to do on Sunday. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go 24 because they're going to be tackling in the pass game, too. They're going to throw the ball to lower fat. So I'm going to go 12 for Roquan, 12 for Patrick Queen. All right, last one, total team interceptions on defense. I'm going to go three over on the grid, Dave. I'm going to say three on the dot. I think it's push because, you know, like I said, Gino, he's been throwing a lot of – you know, a lot of picks this year, and I think the pressure's gonna really get to them. You are, I know, MT Bank Stadium's gonna be rocking, so I think I think it'll be three on the dot. Okay, go ahead, Sean. I'm gonna say under and just say two. Um, I do think that we'll get some um turnovers, um, and because I, I think that Gino's gonna. Because if we if we can do what I want us to do, which is like make them one dimensional, you know, make the run game non-existent, then they're going to pass the ball. In that case, then we're going to have some chances to make some plays. Um, so I'll say I'll say two. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under as well with two. I think uh, Geno Stone get one, and I think Marlon Humphrey get his first interception here. I, I just feel it in my gut. All right, the last topic of the night. Good old score prediction. Let's go ahead, Dave. I think it's going to be a tough defensive game, low scoring. I think the Ravens going to pull it out in a tough one, 19-17. Ravens win. I'll take the win, but God, I hope we score more than some goddamn 19 points. Squish <laughs> Um. I'm going to say um, Ravens 30, Seahawks 24. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I, I don't think that it's going to be um, a situation where anybody is getting blown out. 
Um, I think it'll be a comfortable win, but I do think that, that that Seattle will make, you know, plays and score some points as well. Maybe not through the air, maybe through running. Um, but I think it'll be a good game, but I still give it to the Ravens. I think this is going to be a game of offense savers, believe it or not, because we're going because I just think the defense been playing so well. They're due for like somewhat of a little bit of a let up and, and the weapons that Seattle got, it, they, they, it can be it can be it can be an issue. So I'm going to go 31 28 Ravens with Justin Tucker hitting the game winner. Oh, man. All right. Um, that's it. Uh, we're going to do close and run up. So go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. You go first. All right. You know, like I said, you know, thanks to everybody tapping in. You know, I want to say happy birthday to a couple of people. My, my guy, Lou Eli. Happy birthday. Larry Bracey, you know, shout out a couple of people, Keisha Edwards, you know what I'm saying? People that have been, you know, rocking with me since I've been, you know, starting. So, um, you know, um, Reese Waters also. So, you know, pretty much it right there. Ravens Nation. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Shannon. Um, I just want to say, um, yesterday we had a segment talking about Odell and if we understood his frustrations. And I saw that he, you know, sp spoke to the media today and gave some quotes. Um, what I can appreciate is him acknowledging um, that, you know, he didn't come here to, to get 2,000 yards. You know, his goal was to win a Super Bowl, which is what we were talking about yesterday. Um, what's important to you, which is winning. Um, but I will say, like I said a couple of weeks ago, when Lamar and everybody else was doing it, I don't like performative anger because I feel like it causes unnecessary drama. I understand it's a, it's a human reaction to get upset about things when it's not going your way. But the perception is that you're mad about you not getting the ball or you not scoring a touchdown when it should be about the team and us winning. Um, so I did appreciate him saying that he's not here for the yards and the sets, that he's happy for um, everybody. They're all happy for each other when they're making plays and doing particular things. I would just like less of the, you know, throwing helmets and screaming and all of that on the sideline. And that's pretty much been Odell his whole career. Like we, we saw what happened when he was in New York. We know what type of guy he is, he wears emotion on his, on his sleeves. But when you act like that, like the question that man Justin had was like, who are you mad at? Because when we look at what was going on, like you could have done more to, to get the ball, to make that a, a, a possession where you scored or put the ball or got a touchdown or whatever. So I, I'm just saying that to say, I appreciate Odell for acknowledging um, what we were kind of questioning, like, what's up, what, you want, what do you want? And if we're all on the same page and we all want to win, we should we should, we should do less of that throwing helmets and let's get more on a sideline and talk about what we're doing out there and what can be done to be better. Like I, I just I would rather see you guys talking versus throwing helmets and yelling and screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely watched a little bit of it as well to pick it back on what you said, Shannon. Yeah, he definitely held himself accountable. He said, I gotta get open, I gotta catch the ball, I gotta be more consistent. So yeah, it is that it's that simple. You know, every you know, yeah, he Mark can definitely find him better or throw better passes. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, I'm glad that he held himself account. And he realized the bigger goal in hand is to win a championship because he's already did all the, you know, the, you know, the personal accolade stuff. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just everybody, thank y'all for tuning in. Like, yeah, y'all back to back shows. You know, sorry for missing Tuesday. You know, it's Halloween. So, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
you know, join the Thursday night game. I hope Tennessee beat the snout out Pittsburgh, you know, for, for, for personal yeah. and financial reasons. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, go 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 Will Levis and Derek Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, handle business. But, uh, yeah, enjoy the games this weekend, especially the college games. And then Sunday, 1 p.m., 1 p.m. Eastern, MNC Bank Stadium going to be rocking. Uh, we got a very high Seahawks coming in town, so hopefully we can um, – Pick up where we left off against the Lions as far as, you know, continuing our home winning streak. But like I said, we'll be back Tuesday, do our recap of week nine. Me and Shannon, then we'll do a preview of week 10 next week around the same time. David will be back on. Y'all know what I'm about to say. Make sure y'all trade. Y'all know what it stands for. Talking Ravens all day, every day. From your host, Justin P., and my two MVP co-hosts, Ms. Shannon Fitch and Super Data Mailman. Love y'all guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back Tuesday. Same bad time, bad channel. We are out. Okay, out. Guys. Happy birthday, Zach.